Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, welcome to Hollywood Crime Scene. This is Rachel Fisher. Hi, this is Desi Jenikin. Welcome to Model May. It's here. It's here. It's finally here. Really exciting month ahead of us. Yes. Um, so should we do the patrons? Yeah. Okay. Let's do it. There's All a right. lot. Okay. Um, thank you to everyone who subscribed to our Patreon this week. At that is patreon.com slash Hollywood Crime Scene. This week we had kitten tongues, Jennifer, Mary, Sarah, Melissa, Tanesha, Tracy, Leah, Bree, Jen, Barbara, Julie, Mahaya. Astrum, Joe, Andrea, Kristen, Rache, Samantha, Elena, Jennifer, Tasha, Jenny, Megan, Rolanda, Aston, Bliss, Sarah, Jamila, Rebecca, Melissa, Teresa, Jill, Lisa, John, John, Maria, and Terry. Thank you all so much. Thank you. Okay, so we're going to start off Model May, Model Mayhem, as I call it, even though there's a social media model site that's called that. I don't even know if people still use that, but yeah. Um, So we're going to start off with an in-depth look at the life and career of one of America's next top models, maybe meanest judge? (laughs) Most infamous judges. Um, Her name is Janice Dickinson. Uh, Janice is best known for being brutally honest you could say, on America's Next Top Model. She was hired by Tyra to kind of give the contestants the unfettered truth about the industry. She was basically hired to be like the Simon Cowell of America's Next Top Model, right? Yeah, I mean, and she's probably most famously for saying uh, saying at one point that a plus-sized model will never be America's Next Top Model. Among other things that were... <laughs> I mean, she has a lot. A- absolutely outrageous. Uh, maybe we'll do a highlights of hers on the mini or something. But you know... Um, she really did drag herself to the top of the fashion industry after a brutal childhood and really no help but her own determination. So maybe she thinks she is the one to tell them like it is. And look, I've said it before, it probably is like that, but do we have to do it on this reality show? In my opinion, the unfiltered mean comments weren't necessarily to, quote-unquote, as they said, prepare the girls for the brutal realities of the modeling industry. But let's be honest, they just wanted some like dramatic bitchery for reality TV. Look, I'm not going to lie. They make me laugh sometimes because <laughs> they're so outrageously awful. Yeah. Uh, you, like, you, can't be- you can't believe some of the shocking. things that she said to these women. So I used two books... For this episode, they are both Janice's memoirs. One is called No Lifeguard on Duty, and the other one is called Everything About Me is Fake and I'm Perfect. Both fun reads, so I guess I recommend them if you like that kind of thing. They're pretty juicy too, huh? Yeah. So 
I texted Rachel that I knew we were in for a wild ride when I read the prologue of Lifeguard, which included an anecdote about her father's footsteps walking the halls and Janice listening to where he would stop, praying he wouldn't enter her room. I was like, oh boy, like, relatable. (laughs) Now, (laughs) after him saying, I know you're awake, like, that was another thing. He'd be like, I know you're awake listening, like, just like very creepy uh, dad stuff. It also starts with the story of her going to a Doors concert and being inspired by the words um, to the song, Break On Through. Tried to run, tried to hide, break on through to the other side is the quote that starts this book. Stop it. Yeah. So, and that's exactly what Janice wants. She wants to escape her hellacious life in Florida, her abusive dad, her out of it mom. So yes, very relatable your, to me. Is, is this your memoir, Debbie? It was uh, crazy how much there was in common, uh, for sure. Uh, <laughs> obviously, at least the childhood aspect. Janice's parents, Ray and Jenny, had an interesting meet cute. They were at a bar in Brooklyn when Jenny was beg- being harassed by a drunk. Ray decked the guy, and three days later, they were married. Afterwards, Jenny found out that the harasser was a friend of Ray's, and the whole thing was a ruse planned by Ray to get Jenny's uh, attention. Oh, that is so trashy. She thought it was funny, but looking back, Janice was like, I would have dumped him in two seconds. Now, I don't know, when we find out about Janice, I don't know that that's true, because she has her own issues with men later on. A year later, Janice's sister Alexis is born, and by the time Janice was born five years later in 1955, now here's another thing. Her book, the dates do not line up with what her birthday is. Really? On Wikipedia. Yeah. Does Wikipedia not say her birthday is 1955? It does. But sometimes, like, later on, she'll say she got married, and uh, it'll be, like, 1977. And I was like, okay, so she's 22. But then later in that chapter, after I figured out her age, based on what Wikipedia said, she was like, I was barely 20. And I was like, but... (laughs) <laughs> like it didn't add up like right so I feel like she might shave a few years off of her age so I, I kind of take dates out now because I don't want to get into her age because it's just too annoying to to like figure out what the real what the truth is and but, maybe she doesn't remember <laughs> that's possible anyway uh according to Wikipedia she was born five years later in 1955 and Ray was already molesting Alexis Now, Janice speaks of seeing a photo of five-year-old Alexis on her dad's lap crying, an image that she says is forever burned in her mind since she knew what it meant. Ray was pissed that Jenny had another girl, and according to Janice, she remembers him hating her when she was just weeks old. Uh, I don't know if that's true, but she says his hatred of her was the air that she breathed from birth, so the feeling was more than mutual. When Janice was 18 months old, the family moved to Florida after Ray was kicked out of the Navy for assaulting an officer. They had another daughter named Debbie, and Janice would pray her dad would be sent down on his job as a merchant marine and get eaten by a shark, but he always returned. When she was nine, her dad came into her room one night and told her they would be playing the lollipop game, something he only played with his favorite daughter. He told her to touch his dick, which she did, but when it came to opening her mouth like he requested, she refused. He struck Janice and told her she was worthless trash, and one day she'd be begging to suck a guy off for a few dollars because that's all she would amount to. Then he told her he'd kill her if she ever told anyone. Now, soon after, Janice walks in on her sister Alexis doing what she refused. 
Later that day, Alexis begged her not to tell or her dad would kill them all. Janice was like, at that point, why didn't, why did he want me if he had Alexis? What does he want? A little variety? What is he a connoisseur? Her dad came down during this conversation and everyone pretended that everything was normal, but Janice said she was shaking. At dinner, her dad went on a racist rant, and her mom was just sitting there oblivious to everything. She is on pain pills she got for a back injury, and obviously she's addicted. She has been on these pills for a very long time and would stay on them for a very long time. Janice hated her uh, for being out of it and not taking care of her daughters, Um, but her dad, she wanted to kill her dad. And she described her mom as being, uh, there was no lifeguard on duty. That's where the title of the book comes. And that's referencing her mom. So to everyone else, they are the perfect family and even go to church every Sunday. Janice spent as much time as possible at her friend's house houses. And when Alexis was 17, she married the first guy who came along so she could get out. Before she left, she warned her sisters to stay away from their dad, Ray. He was an evil, evil man. This is so horrible. I know. Isn't this crazy? Ugh. So Janice said that at that point, she would lie awake every night listening to his footsteps. One night, he entered her room asking her why she was so hostile before calling her an ungrateful, ugly little animal who would never amount to anything. He regularly he started regularly beating Janice at that point to try to break her. He would go into her room at night asking how the rabid dog was feeling, were they feeling any friendlier. One night she says no, and he stood on her stomach until she peed herself. Soon after, he showed her a gun and told her they were going hunting in the Everglades. Now, I don't know if you have to be from Florida to know how scary that would be, because that is a body dumping place. Uh, it's got lots of alligators to eat up the evidence. Or if you've seen Dexter, even, like, or, you know. Or Nip Tuck. Yeah, anything. So, obviously, she's scared uh, yeah. to do this with her father, who is very abusive. Um, when they got to the Everglades, she's like, I don't want to go hunting. He locked her in the car trunk while he went. She, It's so hot, and obviously, she can't barely breathe in there. She passes out and wakes up to her dad trying to revive her. He told her he'd kill her if she ever scared him like that again. I mean, she said, she's like, you always try to kill me. Why would you be sad if I died in the trunk? Like, that was her sort of take on it. At 13, she meets a gay best friend named Eric, and they started getting high together. Eric would tell her all about his stellar blowjob techniques, and Janice uh, said that even though she didn't find it at home, hot at home, obviously, with her dad, but hearing him talk about it, she was like, she would start getting aroused hearing about his like cocksucking techniques. She's like, ooh, like maybe I would like that one day. Um, so she also tries her first quaaludes at this time with her best friends, Maria and Jill. And she's hooked instantly saying that life finally became bearable. Now, as I mentioned earlier, Janice is obsessed with Jim Morrison and her first boyfriend, Bobby, comes through and takes her to a Doors concert. This is the infamous concert where Jim gets belligerent with fans and exposes himself getting dragged off stage uh, by the cops. What an exciting night. (laughs) Seriously. If you're a Doors fan. So yeah, she's at that show. And of course, she's kind of like, ugh, like this is my hero. Because I guess it was kind of gross to see him. I mean, he was really sloppy drunk. So Eric has a friend named Vinny Mangione, (laughs) who Janice describes as a poor man's Jim Morrison. And Eric is obsessed with this guy's big cock. Even Wait, Janice. 
Oh, Eric's obsessed with Vinny's. Yeah, cock. like they're at the pool and he's like, look at the outline of that big fucking cock. And he gets Janice like intrigued as well. They all take acid one day and soon Janice is being pounded by Vinny and his big cock. She wanted it, but she says it hurt like hell, according, you know, like it was like that. It was like a big cock for your first one. So she didn't really have a good time. She's no longer a virgin now, but she is curious now about having good sex. She's like, okay, next time, because I guess Vinny, that wasn't happening happening again. Now, it's around this time that she goes to a B.B. King concert uh, with a date, and on, on the con- in the concert is a piano player named Ron Levy, who she describes as a Jewish Jim Morrison. I don't know why every guy is described as Jim Morrison <laughs> or some version of Jim Morrison. She was really into Jim Morrison, I guess. So she was looking for that type. And then you see pictures and you're like, like I don't know what she's talking about. They have long brown hair. Um, she's interested in this guy, but she's like, oh, I have a date, so I can't uh, leave my date. But um, so she goes home and fucks that guy, the guy she had on a date. But this would not be the last time she saw Ron. Unfortunately, trouble at home was brewing when Ray found out Janice was having sex and he was not happy about it. Janice says in her book, you know the old joke, what's the difference between a slut and a cunt? A slut puts out for everyone and a cunt puts out for everyone but you. Wait, is that a joke? I guess so. I've never heard that. Can I just say, I had never heard it, put it in this, uh, I wrote it in this uh, document, and then someone I know posted like a screen grab of something that was a version of that joke. And I was like, what are the chances that I'm seeing? I had never heard it before. I've never heard that. But I mean, it's definitely a sentiment I've seen a lot. <laughs> oh, of course. Uh, for sure. So yeah, her dad saw it that way. And the violence really escalated with Janice. Once Jenny came home and saw Janice with a busted lip, as she tended to Janice's wound, she remarked on her beauty, saying she was much more beautiful than the girls she saw in those magazines. This was the first nice thing she ever said to Janice, and Janice burst into tears. Her own mom. Yeah. Little did her mom know that Janice actually dreamed of being a model one day. She had fantasies of being discovered by Eileen Ford, walking around a mall and someone seeing her and kind of taking her from this horrible life. Her hero at the time was Lauren Hutton, who was another model that came from Florida and escaped Florida. Um, Janice would spend hours poring over fashion magazines at her local Publix grocery store, and she just knew modeling was the way out for her. One day, her mom told her to dress nice, and she helped Janice with her makeup. She said, I have a surprise for you. Then she drove her to John Roberts Powers School of Modeling. Now, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> wait a minute. <laughs> that I forgot about John Roberts Power School of Modeling. <laughs> That's like was like the other Barbizon. Yeah. So they walked in and they clearly the people there were I mean, you have to remember at this time it's like every model is like blonde, blue-eyed. It's a very specific type that's popular. Janice walks in and they're kind of like not that excited to see her, but it's a paying client and this is a scam modeling agency. So they're like, I guess she has potential. Now, in a month, she would fly to New York to try and win the John Robert Powers modeling contest. (laughs) She goes to New York, and of course, she sees billboards with all those blonde, all-American girls in New York, and it fills her with hate, which fuels her desire to win even more. Now, she shows up for the competition, and Janice said that it's all these like square girls from the Midwest. She just walks on looking very fuckable, makes all the judges horny. One of the judges was actually actor Telly Savalas. 
That was their big celebrity judge. <laughs> she said she could hear them get hard when she walked down on the stage. And she wins the contest. Oh, my she God. She is named Miss High Fashion Model. <laughs> now, talk about a title that's even less impressive than America's Next Top Model. <laughs> that's it. Um, but she's back on a plane to Florida and desperate to get back to New York City. When she arrives home, her father asks her who she had to blow to win. Then he comments about her missing tits. Where are your tits? But Janice knows secretly that having no tits in fashion is a plus. (laughs) So she's sort of being like, you can't hurt me. Like, I know the truth. I know what you're trying to do. The hatred escalates into a huge fist fight at some point between Janice and her dad. He has a black eye from something and she's like, oh, I never noticed your eyes before. Like a smart ass comment. He like goes off on her. Now Janice's mom walks in on this and she joins in the fight. During the fight, Janice calls her dad a pervert and says she knows why Alexis left home. Ray gets so mad he throws Jenny into a coffee table and basically her head cracks open and starts bleeding. They rush to the hospital, and while they're there, her mom asks Janice how long it's been going on. And Janice says, it wasn't me, it was Alexis. Jenny starts to cry, which enrages Janice, like, I'm supposed to comfort you now? Like, believe me, I get that experience as well. That night, Jenny says something to Ray, and he never bothers Janice again. Now, Janice has a new best friend uh, around this time. It is a Jewish girl named Wendy, who is originally from New York. The family at some point decides they're moving back to New York and agree to take Janice with them. So she's off with the Gralniks and her new surrogate Jewish mom, Edna. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds, what what an upgrade. Seriously. Uh, But when she gets to New York, I mean, things don't go well. Janice is broke. She has a pathetic portfolio from John Robert Powers Modeling School that you know are shots of her like playing tennis or like whatever. With an umbrella. Exactly. It's like a comedy character card or something probably. Uh, She takes that in one hand and she has her keys ready to stab anyone who comes at her in the other hand and starts going to small agencies, but no one is interested. She is too exotic. Much like... Being an alumni of America's Next Top Model, <laughs> yes. be, being an alumni of the John Robert Powers School of Modeling is also going to get doors slammed in your face. Right. They also say that she's not what they're looking for. And she's like, what are you looking for? And they're like, well, we'll know it when we see it. And it's not you. Brutal. <laughs> Just like, so this is where she gets it from. She was treated like shit early on. So... She does manage to get some new pictures that are definitely more professional. And once she gets them, she immediately goes to Eileen Ford. Now, Eileen Ford is like the biggest modeling agency. It's still one of the biggest, but back then it was like the biggest. Eileen also tells her she's too ethnic and will never work. I mean, the funny thing about Janice is that she's Polish and like Irish. Right. Like she, but she does kind of look like she has some kind of ethnically uh, ambiguous. Yeah, but she's not. Like she's, she's just, just, yeah, she's just tan. Yeah. So before the dam, um, sorry, before the door slams, Janice hears Eileen say, and my God, did you see those huge lips? <laughs> sorry. That's so Janice what they said. Yeah. So she like hears that as the door is closing. And she has, she says she has to fight the urge to bum rush the door and push Eileen Ford out the window. <laughs> um, so she goes to the bathroom and starts crying because it is still very upsetting. And at the time, a booker at uh, Eileen Ford's agency named Monique Pillard 
uh, walks into the bathroom. Now she approved Janice to go in. She thought Janice had something. And then obviously Eileen disagreed. She tells Janice that she has a feeling that they'll be seeing each other again one day and that she should go to an agency, um, Wilhelmina. So Janice goes to Wilhelmina, uh, and she, she like literally walks there after Ford and Wilhelmina is interested in Janice. She's like, uh, you look interesting to me. Um, but I'm going to sign you, uh, for, for photographers to use as a test model. So she's not really going to go out on go sees for work, but it's uh, a model that photographers can use for test photos, setting up lights, et cetera. So, uh, soon after this, she goes to a BB King concert and she runs into Ron Levy again, the is, Jewish Ron, Jim Morrison. Is this her second BB King concert? She loves BB King. <laughs> yeah, it is her second BB King concert. She loves the Doors and BB King. So that night uh, they do fuck, and Janice has her first orgasm. So she says, I was signed by an agency and properly laid all in one day. What a great day. It's a great day for Janice Dickinson. She eventually meets his family. They become close. Uh, she becomes especially close to his mom, Jean. Ron proposes soon after. And in 1977, they get married. Now, Janice's parents actually come to the wedding, during which Jean tells the dad, I know everything. And if you even say so much as one wrong word to Janice again, I will destroy your fucking life. Wow. So she like goes in hard for Janice, and Janice is instantly devoted to her. But the marriage is on shaky ground from the start because both Janice and Ron drink and do a lot of drugs. Uh, and so that is not going well. They also have money problems. Janet is desperate for money at this point because she's still just doing these test shoots. And Wilhelmina gets her a gig at what Janice calls a hooker bar. Like, I don't know what this bar is. She just waits table serving rich men. So I'm guessing some women work as sex workers there and then some are just waitresses at this bar. Uh, I'm not quite sure what it was. After a night working, she does make a lot of money there. Uh, so it does uh, sort of save their asses. After a night working there, one night she goes to see Ron after one of his BB King gigs in New Jersey. She goes into the dressing room and she catches him mid-pump on another woman. <gasps> Ron gets up and Janice says the woman just lays there with her legs spread. Didn't even have the courtesy to close her legs <laughs> after Janice came in. There's something really funny about that image where the woman's just sitting there hey. still. It's like, hey, what's the big idea? <laughs> like uh very funny um but janice didn't have too much time to mope about her husband's infidelity she does mope and watch tv for a few days but then she has a big go see with two french brothers named jacques and dominic silverstein they're in town from paris looking for new faces and jacques is at the cattle call with his girlfriend lorraine bracco oh now lorraine bracco had been a model for wilhelmina since she was 13 years old really yeah. So Lorraine sees Janice uh, and she sees her pictures and she's like, I love this one. Let's take her to Paris. She's hot. Love it. So Lorraine basically is responsible for Janice's discovery. Um, Janice looks at Lorraine and she's like, thank you so much, you kind stranger, whoever you are. <laughs> um, Lorraine also gives her advice before she goes to Paris. She says, drink a lot of water. Don't eat the salty food on the plane. And if you're good, you might get to bring some clothes um, back. If you're bad, you'll get to bring them all back. And Janice knows immediately which one she wants to be. 
As Janice packs for Paris, her husband uh, returns begging her to stay, but he ditched the convo when his drug dealer called. So Janice was like, okay, like this makes my decision easy. And she pretty much at that point is like, my marriage is over. But once she's set up in the model apartment in Paris, the other models start treating her like shit, ignoring her. It's very, uh, she's the outs, she's, she's the one who's not there to make friends on the reality show. (laughs) And I, and I, wait, wait, the iconic line in America's Next Top Model is, this is an America's Next Top Best Friend. Yes. So... Obviously, she's feeling alone. Uh, She starts missing her husband. So she writes him a letter professing her love and her desire to keep the marriage going. Ron's response is like, yeah, sure, babe. Like he calls her and it's like nothing. Right. So she's definitely disillusioned by that. But she quickly finds a guy to fuck. His name is Guy, a guy named Guy in Paris. He is a photo retoucher. They spend the weekend together at his place. He has a girlfriend, but they have an open thing. Um, he, he sounds like a perfect guy. He fucks her all night. The next morning he wakes up and goes to get her a tray of French cheese and croissants and pastries every morning and like the best coffee. And that's what she does all that weekend. He also gives her the advice of finding the best photographers, getting them behind her and her career will soar. And this is what she does. She starts working constantly in Paris eventually being called to Saint-Tropez to meet Helmut Lang, who was one of the biggest fashion photographers at the time, but in history. Ever, yeah. yeah. So while she's lounging in Saint-Tropez at the pool, uh, waiting to meet Helmut, an old man comes over to her and demands she takes off all her clothes. Janice responds, fuck you, you dirty old perv. <laughs> he storms off, and then an elegant woman comes over saying, Helmut can be so difficult sometimes. <laughs> this is Helmut's wife, her name, her photographer name is Alice Springs. Uh, so she, <laughs> Helmut then comes back and says she'll never work again, etc. Alice is like, just forget about him. Let me photograph you. And that's what they do. She takes her down to the beach. They photograph her coming out of the ocean with a wet white shirt a la Jacqueline Bissette, which ends up being her first cover for Elle. Now, after that, word got out she had told Helmut Lang to fuck off. She was even more in more demand, and she gets a call from Patrick de Marchelier. She's the bad girl model. She's the bad girl. And Patrick is on America's Next Top Model at some point, isn't he? I think so. He, like, shoots a cover. I just remember Tyra saying his her, his name. <laughs> a cover girl photo shoot shot by Patrick de <laughs> Like, one of those things or I, something? I like when Tyra would be like, he's even shot me. Oh, Yeah. Uh, I was reading some of her moments and it was making me laugh because I had forgotten them. Uh, anyway, pa- Patrick thinks that it is hilarious that they've told... Because I mean, Helmut is like the classic German, very serious... Straightforward. Straightforward. So it's very funny. And he is a pervert, so it's just funny. Uh, <laughs> I mean, like his photographs are very like horny. kinky and horny. So... Janice uh, is redefining beauty, according to all these photographers. And yes, it goes to her head. She like loves hearing this. Peter Knapp, who is the art director from Elle at the time, becomes a huge advocate for her. He wants her back on the cover. And she has four back-to-back covers for Elle. Janice has never been happier. And she quickly got her gorgeous teen sister, Debbie, flown to Paris to join her as a model. But Debbie would soon be alone in Paris as Janice was off to Milan to meet designers and work the runway there. 
She did feel guilty about bringing her little little sister into this hedonistic business uh, that she was in, but she's thought better to party in fucking Paris than in Hollywood, Florida, <laughs> which is definitely a mantra for the ages. <laughs> You're going to get screwed over. Do it in Paris. Totally. So Janice has all but forgotten her husband at this point, but her time in Europe is over and she has to face that reality. When she shows up at their apartment door, he almost doesn't recognize her and she feels the same about him. He is a full-on drug addict now. He is skinny. He has dead eyes. And it's not long after the reunion that he excuses himself to go shoot up in the bathroom. But work is going well. She shows up her at her agency and, and now she's a bona fide star. Like everyone wants to work with her. One of the first photographers who wants to uh, shoot her is named Michael Reinhardt. He's part of something that's called the French Mafia, this group of French photographers in New York. He tested her back in the day and treated her like garbage, just like a, a worthless piece of shit. Everybody loves having a pretty woman <clears throat> moment like this. Yes. So this shoot obviously goes much better. There's a lot of sexual tension between the two of them. It's like off the charts. Charts, church. Uh, Janice's, Janice says her little flower was barking. Now, that's what she calls her pussy. It's her flower? Her little flower. Little flower. That is the name of the church she attended as a kid. So Stop she'll often, often reference her little flower, which doesn't really seem like her at all no. for some reason to have that kind of euphemism. I just don't expect Janice Dickinson to describe her pussy in such a delicate manner. Also, flower is pretty common Euphemism. That's very common. I yeah. expect her to, to be a little more creative, which maybe that's um, maybe it is. I mean, the church aspect definitely made it a little more subversive. Sick. Yeah. yeah. So. so she comes home after this shoot to a drunken drug Ron, and the next morning, Wilhelmina gives her the number for a divorce attorney. She actually calls Ron's mom and gives her the four one one. Like, what's up? Your son's a junkie. This is why this is happening. I'm so sorry because she's close to the mom. Ron then calls her agency raging. He's like, I will kill you, bitch. Why'd you tell my mother? Uh, It was like her dad all over again. At the same time, Michael is begging her to come to Paris with him, saying he knew she felt what he felt that day. They shot together. So she's like, no, but Michael will not give up. He's begging her to join him in Paris. She's like, call my booker. Like, so she's like really not having it. She doesn't want to get involved with him. He says... But I can't find any of the girl, any girl that's right for this vote cover I'm shooting. She immediately is like, I fly first class and she's on a plane to Paris. Now, after a day on the town with Michael, they're back at this apartment they have or a hotel room. Michael cooks for her. I looked at Janice, said that he made her haricot vert. Green beans? Yeah. That was when I was just laughing because I was like, you know, she was like haricot vert. <laughs> She's from Florida, so even green beans <laughs> sounded fancy. <laughs> um, but she makes it clear that they're not sleeping together. She's like, and I'll get the bedroom. Um, but she goes in the bed, and it's not long before she hears Michael's footsteps coming down the hallway, and they're fucking. Now, they just fuck like nonstop at that point. Janice was in love. The sex was good. But she says in her book that it was his mind Oh, <laughs> that really okay. was what was she was really attracted to. She's a sapiosexual. <laughs> now, after this little fuck fest in Paris, she's back in New York for a big job to become the face of JVC Electronics. She nails this meeting and they wanted her. Janice insists to Wilhelmina that they should ask for $20,000 a day. Willie says she'll ask for $5,000 a day and Janice will love it. Like she's like, and you're going to like it. 
<laughs> and Janice doesn't like it. She's pissed. She leaves the office and walks over to Ford Models, where she saw her longtime fan, Monique Pillard, and asked for a meeting with Jerry Ford, Eileen's husband, which was a definite, like, fuck you to Eileen. Totally. Obviously, Eileen is at this meeting as well, and Janice just rubs her nose in the fact that um, Janice is now the one with all the power in this situation. She has never forgotten Eileen's rejection and the comment about her fat lips. She tells them about JVC, and she says, if you can get me $20,000 a day, I'll move to Ford Models. They did, and she was a Ford model at last. Wow. So by this point, Mike and Janice are living together, and Janice comes to find out that Mike is actually pretty tyrannical. Uh, he, Janice is pretty much never allowed to speak. Uh, if she does speak back to Mike, it turns into a huge uh, fight. He is constantly telling her that she's nothing without him. Like He takes credit for all of her career success, which is absolute bullshit. I mean, and, and with her upbringing... Uh, this was really easy for some guy to do to her. She kind of uh, fell into it. She was used to this type of relationship with a man, but she's also a bitch. So she definitely uh, added to these fights. Mike is also jealous, constantly accusing her of sleeping with every photographer uh, she worked with, which is why she worked with Mike a lot. So she also gets interested in photography at this point. Mike is initially um, helping her learn the camera uh, but according to Janice, he decided she's getting too good and, and sort of starts discouraging her. She's working so much at this point that Monique Pollard is actually worried about her, saying at some point, like, who do you think you are? Superman? Now, Monique is French, so that's why she says Superman. <laughs> that's man in French. <laughs> and Janice says that she says, no, I'm supermodel. Oh. Now, she claims she coined this term. I don't have to tell you that that... Is not true. Uh, so just looking at this Wikipedia page for this first supermodel claim, there's evidence dating back from a very, from like 1942, where people use the term supermodel. Obviously, people like Twiggy, Cheryl Teagues, Rurushka, Jean Shrimpton, lots of other models in a 1968 article are referred to as supermodels. So it's just not true. I mean, she might think she, it's kind of like where I think I invented the Dorito taco. Right. <laughs> it's like, you might've come up with something in your head, but it existed before. Or like when you think of a tweet joke or something and right. someone has said it, you're not stealing it. You think you came up with it, but it's just not accurate. The fact that she continues saying this is so bizarre to me. Honestly, I kind of respect it at this point. <laughs> yeah. Because it's so blatant and I'm sure she's heard a million times before like Janice, you actually weren't the first supermodel and you didn't come up with that term. And she's like, I don't give a fuck. I'm yeah. still going to say In my world, it. I did. I did. Yeah. <laughs> so Mike is like irritated. He's like, I'm super photographer. Oh, that This guy work. sounds like a huge baby. <laughs> like, So uh, yeah, I mean, she's, she's out of there though. Like that is her saving grace, getting a gig and, and getting out of this like relationship or these fights with these men. She's on her way back to Milan for back-to-back -back meetings with Gianni Versace and Giorgio Armani. So these are obviously the biggest, the two, one of two of the biggest Italian designers that you can meet with. This is huge. The meeting with Versace goes very well, but then she immediately goes to Armani's afterwards and calls him Gianni by mistake. Oh, He dismisses her. He's like, get out of here. <laughs> like he makes her leave. She's in tears. Obviously she goes back to Versace who comforts her and makes everything better. 
Janice describes uh, Versace as the perfect man, except for the fact that he was gay. Well, that's maybe your problem. <laughs> and a lot of gay men were happy with that. <laughs> so her less than perfect boyfriend, Mike, however, shows up to Italy and ruins all the fun. They pretty much start fighting the minute he arrives, culminating in a dramatic blow up at a restaurant where Janice storms out, running to Piazza della Repubblica, to the fountain by the Grand Hotel, taking all of her clothes off and getting in the fountain. Traffic is literally stopping. Mike is screaming at her. Police come and a hotel uh, bellman runs out with a robe to cover Janice up. This honestly sounds like one of the concepts for one of the many deranged America's Next Top Model shoots. Yes. Like you're Where Tyra's screaming. <laughs> well, it's like Jay is like the concept of this shoot is you're in a fountain and you just got into a fight with your boyfriend and you're screaming and you're just ripping your clothes off and cars are whizzing by, but you have to look good. Yeah, and the paparazzi are shooting you, yeah. but you're treating it like fashion. Yeah. <laughs> so like they're they're paparazzi shots. <laughs> yes. <laughs> totally. I mean that would be a good that would be a good one. I'm surprised they didn't do that uh, one. So Janice returns to the hotel room in her robe, and Mike immediately fucks her. Janice is like, is this love? Of course, (laughs) Mike is insanely jealous that she's fucking everyone. It's all projection, because he's actually the serial cheater. He's fucking everyone on the side. Um, Even though there's a lot of evidence about this, Janice basically believes all of his denials and kind of keeps the relationship going. Now, despite her success, uh, she's still not earning Cheryl Teagues and Beverly Johnson money. She really had to work. Like she, she took a what is that? Cutex, like the nail stuff. Yeah. Like she took every fucking job, no matter how small. Uh, so she had to work a lot to to earn money. Um, it's exhausting, obviously, and she really wanted that long time contract or commitment from a designer or makeup line. Um, but as hard as she was working, she, she was playing just as hard, especially when Studio 54 opened up. Janice was a regular from opening night at the nightclub for the beautiful people, she said. <laughs> so Mike, of course, hated the nightclub. He was a real health nut, and he didn't like Janice doing drugs and uh, drinking and partying all night. He would regularly tell her she's falling apart. Um, he found... Studio 54 repellent saying she came home smelling like sex and amyl nitrate and that everyone there was fucking like a bunch of street dogs. (laughs) Um, One night she came home and he's like, your ass is starting to sag. And Janice was like, oh, really? Then why did I just get offered Sports Illustrated swimsuit issue? Mike immediately perked up at that point and said she could only do it if he photographed her. She tells them that and they're like, well, we're going to pass because they don't want to give this guy control. So she loses that gig. She meets Iman for drinks at Trader Vic's to commiserate about this awful guy. Unfortunately, Iman is happily married to basketball player uh, Spencer Haywood at the time. It's funny because I just, I'm watching Winning Time, which is about the Lakers at this time. And Spencer Haywood is on this team. He, I just saw the episode that's sort of about him. He also was a drug addict. He eventually gets kicked off the team because of his addiction to like go to rehab. But he he tries to put a hit on the Lakers, like all the Lakers. Oh my god! Gets, that's like how the episode ends. He's like, I need to hire a hit, and they're like, Who? He's like, The Lakers. <laughs> like he tries to kill all of the Lakers. He's so good at the actor who plays him is great in that, by the way. So Janice is like, Mike is bad. Even Iman is like, What are you doing? Uh, but she. 
I mean, he does the classic thing. Every time she, every time he senses she's on her way out, he love bombs her and everything is perfect for like, what, an hour. Uh, so it's around this time that John Casablancas comes to town. He had been running elite modeling agency as a European associate for Wilhelmina and Ford, and it was a friendly arrangement, arrangement but no more. Now he was all about the money and the model wars were about to commence. We talked about this somewhat in the Gia episode, I think. So now at this time, most models were not making this huge money that we think of today, but the business was making people filthy rich. So why should the models not be uh, also getting their fair share of this? They were, after all, the ones selling this aspirational lifestyle for these fashion and beauty products. And, you know, they were making people buy these luxury brands just based on how they sold it. So... John Casablancas opens up Elite in New York City, promising models, fatter paychecks, reduced commissions, and more fun. He wined and dined every top model in New York City, making them each feel like daddy's favorite, the most beautiful and sexy girl in the world. And a lot of girls jumped over immediately, including Christy Brinkley, Iman, Kelly Imberg, and Debbie Dickinson. Uh, so Demi, Debbie Dickinson? Yeah. Her Janice's, Janice's sister. sister. She's a big model. Like, she is... A, not as successful as Janice, but she was like she was working, working a ton. She's kind of like a blonde, blonder Janice, like yeah. a dark blonde. Uh, she's very pretty too. Eileen Ford and Wilhelmina Sue, like everyone. So Casablancas is a good businessman and a lover of young women, and he treats them right, so they pretty much love being with him. Now Janice is flush with cash at this point. She wants to rent a place in Southampton with Mike. They go in with Patrick de Marchelier and his girlfriend. And it's that summer in Southampton that she really uh, got into photography. She studies books about light and composition. Um, Patrick is impressed by her work during this period, but Mike tells her to stick to modeling. He is just very uh, unsupportive. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm the queen of starting a free trial offer and forgetting to cancel it, oftentimes being charged for months for something I'm not even using. If I asked you how many subscriptions you have, would you be able to list all of them and how much you're paying? If you would have asked me this question before I started using Rocket Money, I would have said yes, but let me tell you, I would have been so wrong. I can't believe how many I had and all the money I was wasting. With Rocket Money, I can see all of my subscriptions in one place, and if I see something I don't want, I can cancel it with a tap. I never have to get on the phone with customer service. They'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple of months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is take a picture of your bill, and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. 
Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over 500 million in canceled subscriptions. It's definitely saved me money and now I can use that money to waste on things I do want. So stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash Hollywood Crime Scene. That's rocketmoney.com slash Hollywood Crime Scene. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. I've had a really stressful year with work and family stuff, and I know I'm not alone when I say I tend to push that stress down in order to get what I need done, done, and that only makes things worse. We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. In the past, therapy has helped me navigate many situations from helping me to set boundaries to just becoming the best version of myself. If you are thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. I love that it's entirely online, so it's convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. You just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapist anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash HCS today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash HCS. One night, Patrick and Mike agreed to join Janice at Studio 54. There, they all ran into Christy Brinkley. Now, Christy is everything Janice wasn't. She's very cultured. She's shy, reserved. She had gone to all the best private schools in LA and obviously uh, very beautiful, um, except according to Janice, her flat ass that she could do nothing about, (laughs) (laughs) no matter how hard she tried. Um, So... Christy obviously admires Janice for all the edgier shoots that she was doing. Since Christy was sort of more wholesome, she did a lot of um, wholesome girl stuff, like Sears and stuff like that. And she wanted to get into the more high fashion uh, stuff that Janice was doing. Janice introduces Christy to Mike, who's sitting there in misery. He perks up, however, when Christy starts going on and on about what a genius he was. Janice just sat there rolling her eyes. Mike wants to go to the Hamptons, but Steve Robel um, rolls up and invites all of them back to his office. When they get in there, he lays out an ounce of cocaine. And Janice also described him as sort of being repellent, but also charismatic, like this combo. Mike declines the cocaine, but Janice dives right in. And then they dance the night away. Uh, Patrick at some point screams to Janice, I hope heaven is half as much fun as this. Um, At 2 a.m., they finally get in their car and drive to Southampton. Casablanca follows in his car with two of his trashy girls. The next morning, Janice wakes up to find one of the trashy girls topless on his lap. She's like, I didn't even ask her age because it was really borderline. Uh, She's like, I wanted to smack some sense into her seeing her sit there laughing on his lap. Uh, Christy Brinkley shows up a few days later to join this Hamptons party. Soon Janice is back in New York City. Uh, She is shooting for um, Scavulo for Cosmo. She has appointments with Richard Avedon for Vogue. Uh, a Vogue spread, and Irving Penn. So she's really hitting up all the top photographers at this point. She also begins her working relationship with Calvin Klein, who acts as her therapist sometimes a lot too, listening to all her troubles with Mike and um, 
yeah, I mean, she just sort of uh, sort of shares everything with him. She uh, still didn't know who she was at this point. Calvin's advice to her is models aren't supposed to think. Because Janice is trying to figure out who she is, and he's like, don't even do that. I mean, it's yeah. not good advice. She does go to therapy and finds out that Mike is an example of repetition compulsion. She's recapitulating old conflicts, trying to undo the damage of her childhood, and Mike is just the latest version of her abusive father. Another sad realization she has in therapy, according to her, is that her dad never wanted her. He just wanted a mouth. And that was something that she felt like was still happening. Men wanting her for her looks or her body, professionally and personally, but no one really knowing who the real Janice was and wanting her for that. I mean, that's got to be a very typical feeling probably for women in modeling and acting even. Like everyone wants them for reasons outside of who they are as a person. Like they're just seeing the outside. Uh, so I'm sure it's very common and probably feels horrible. Um, so she, also that validation for your look starts becoming your only thing. It's like you have no choice but to seek it. I don't know. It's fucked up. So she gets home and Mike tells her he is shooting her for French Vogue and they're off to Palm Springs. Janice suggests that they bring Christy Brinkley with them since she wants to shoot Christy. Now, Christy brings an old friend along named Delphine, who is a stripper. They knew each other from the, what is that school in LA, the French one that all, that French private school, like Le Cide, boo, boo, boo. Oh, It's like yeah. some fancy French school that like Jodie Foster went to. Yeah. Um, so they knew each other from there. That first night, Janice suggests a threesome with Delphine, uh, with her and Mike. And she said that Delphine and her were going at it long after Mike left. She said most men couldn't even find the clit if their face was pushed into it, and that was not the case with her and Delphine. Unfortunately, Delphine left the next morning, and they kept the secret from Christy. Christy eventually hooks up with a guy named Pierre Hules, and the couple are off to San Moritz together to go skiing, and it's there that Janice finally ends things with Mike in a really ugly fight. She immediately got her own place back in New York City, and it turned out Mike and Christy also had a little secret, because a few weeks later, Christy dumps Pierre and moved in with Mike. <gasps> you bitch. <laughs> now, Janice was upset, but luckily Calvin Klein came along and booked her on one of the biggest runway shows of the year, so she distracted herself with work and with another guy. The day of the show, Janice got hot and horny for a male model named Tony Spinelli. <laughs> he's still working, by the way. Really? He looks good. Like, he's hot. Um, so he's like a very successful male model. I had never heard of him, but I looked him up, obviously, because I had to see um, who what, what she was fucking. Uh, and yeah, he's still working. He's wow. all gray-haired and like hot now. So they literally get so horny backstage waiting to go on the runway that they go to a closet and fuck backstage uh, during a runway show. That's hot. Yeah. Calvin is furious because he's looking for her to go on and he can't find her. She has to be rushed on the stage after getting fucked. And she said her legs were still buckling while she walked down because she had just came really hard. Yeah. She's like soaking through one of his jersey dresses. Like there's like a wet spot on the back. Absolutely. Can you I mean, I just love thinking of her walk that that day. <laughs> we, we all know the feeling. Now, Calvin and Iman and Janice hit Studio 54 later that day, and they're just partying, and Calvin keeps going on and on about how hot Janice is. That night, at, they go back to his place after Studio 54. He's still talking about how hot uh, 
Janice's and Iman's like, okay, we get it. You, th- you think she's hot. She like jokingly said, he comes out in his underwear and she jokingly says, you're hot too. Cause he has like knee, so- knee socks on and underwear. And then she's like, you should put your name on a line of underwear. Stop it. She did not. Yeah. Did she say, did she claim she came up with yes. Calvin Klein? And she's mad about it. Cause she didn't even get a cut. <laughs> she it was her idea. <laughs> Uh, so the party is soon over though when Studio 54 gets raided and shut down by the IRS. We covered this in detail on our Studio 54 episodes. Janice didn't even have time to mourn the loss though because she was off to Japan for Calvin doing a show for a major Japanese department store. She was a huge star in Japan after a few big campaigns. So he really wanted her there to kind of make this splash. There were drugs on the private jet, but he forbid anyone from doing drugs when they were in Japan. So not wanting to get busted, they decided they had to finish all the drugs on the plane before they landed in Tokyo. <laughs> it was a Studio 54 level party. People were naked. Guys were fucking in the, in the bathroom. Uh, Janice claimed she even took a picture of a famous pussy. Wait, Some, on, on, the, on plane? the plane? Some famous woman put her <laughs> pussy in Janice's camera lens, and she's like, I still have it. It's not for sale. <laughs> she won't tell us who, though. Did she fog up the lens? Seriously? I mean, how close was that pussy? That's what it I can't imagine. be too close. <laughs> Don't you have to have some distance? I want to know more about <laughs> whose pussy this I was. I know. It's like, what, can I get the flight logs <laughs> to see who was on this plane? So the first show goes off without a hitch. But the next day, Janice is feeling a little under the weather. She sees a bottle of vitamin C and takes a few. Only problem, they were quaaludes. Uh-oh. Someone had snuck them into a vitamin C bottle. <laughs> they kicked in right as she was expected on the runway. She said she slid to the floor a pile of jelly right as Calvin walked in. He had had it up to here with Janice at this point. He was furious. He had said no drugs in Japan. He told his assistant to get her out of there, adding he'd never work with her again. I haven't finished the book, but there's several people now who said that they would never work with her again. And I'm kind of wondering if there's going to be this moment later where she's like, I thought you said you'd never work with me again. Because it's definitely something she says a lot. Yeah. Now, things in the States are not going much better. Rubel and Schrager are sent to prison, uh, and Janice gets the devastating news that her first advocate in the industry, Wilhelmina, has been hospitalized with lung cancer at the age of 40. So Janice actually does not visit her in the hospital, but Gia Karanji uh, does visit her. She tells her that um, she climbed into bed with Willie, and Willie assured her that she'd be out in a few weeks, but she actually died a few weeks later. Now, Janice goes to the funeral, which was a very big event in the fashion world. A lot of people, everyone was there. Um, and she said it was pretty unsettling uh, to see all these industry people there talking about how this was going to affect their business and their career. Janice found herself thinking similar things, like Willie was the first person who validated me. Was she over too? Like now that Willie was gone, Janice felt cheap even having these kind of thoughts. But her desperation for love and validation turned into a need for drugs. Um, She says, like the line from Alice in Wonderland, she was running twice as fast just to stay in place. But then she got a call about possibly making the transition into television. Bill Cosby had been following her career and thought she had the right stuff for one of the many projects they had in development. They set up a dinner meeting and Janice was once again high, thinking about adding actress to her resume. And that's where we're going to leave off uh, this week. Wow. We'll be a part two. 
And I guess I can tell you guys this now. Her memoir is uh, goes into this Bill Cosby stuff, but it is not what she will later testify to in court in 2013, I think, or somewhere around there. And that becomes an issue uh, in, in the book. trial. Yes. Oh. Because it doesn't match up what she's claiming now. But obviously... Uh, she has reasons for why she did right. what she did. Right. Um, and so I think next week I'll say what she says in the book, and then we'll go into how how her story, she finally tells the truth of what happened uh, in the in the late, mid-2013, I think, is the date. Um, I'm not sure. So yeah, I'll tell you what she says in the book, because it's very different, and then we'll hear the real story uh, later on. But yeah, it's. Wow. I, I realized quickly, I was like, well, I probably should... Do this into two parts. It's a big story. Uh, her her life is. I haven't a lot. even, and we're just at the eighties. Like, yeah. so we have all the eighties and all the stuff that happens with Sylvester Stallone, right. Which is a huge thing, and then the Bill Cosby stuff obviously is a big deal as and well. And then America's Next Top Model, yeah, obviously. <laughs> I, I forgot she had her own modeling show. The, yeah, the Janice Dickinson <laughs> Modeling Agency. Yeah. Show. Did you ever watch that? Was I, that I, on American I TV? I did watch that. Um, I don't remember it, but I would like to revisit it. Is that a spinoff or just a completely different thing? I think after she was fired from America's Next Oh, she Top- was fired? Yeah, she was fired. <laughs> I don't I don't remember her being fired. Well, we'll get into that in, okay. my, in my episode. Okay. We'll get into that. Uh, yeah. So there's still a lot to come, but I think I'll squeeze it all in in one more episode. So yeah, yeah that's the story. We'll post a lot of good pictures, I'm sure. And this will be available uh, to our Patreon listeners ad-free. If you want to sign up for our Patreon, it's really easy to do. Just go to patreon.com slash Hollywood Crime Scene. For $5 a month, you get all of our episodes ad-free, as well as tons of additional bonus content that are only available to our Patreon listeners. And it's very easy to to load Patreon. It just goes right to your um, phone, phone, your your podcast feed, whatever podcast yeah. app you listen to. It, it'll go right there. So it's super. If I can do it, because I I am a subscriber. Me too. I'm a sub- Patreon subscriber to other podcasts, and it's if I can do it, you can do it. I promise. I actually have a few now, and I was like, oh, this is really easy. Yeah. Uh, anyway, it's very easy. So we're gonna do our after show now. We'll see, you which later. will be there. It'll be there. Bye. Bye. 